0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's show, I chat with Emily about her three births. Her first planned home birth through the community midwifery program unfortunately ended in a somewhat traumatic transfer to hospital. Emily then had to do a lot of work to unpack the fears that were left behind from that experience for her next birth, which was at home with a private midwife. She went on to have the birth of her dreams that she describes leaving her on a high for years to come. When she consciously conceived her daughter, she originally had planned to have the same midwife, only to realize midway that she actually didn't need anyone to birth her baby, and so began her journey to free birth. We chat about the challenge she faced when her waters broke and meconium was present and why her husband was not on board with the idea of free birth to begin with. Enjoy this episode, guys. Emily, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here.
0: Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I am in Perth. Um, in West Australia. I am a mama of three, so I have two boys. Uh, my eldest is Taj, and he is four and a half, Then Ziggy is two and a half, and my newest addition is Mila, who is five weeks. Beautiful. But, yeah, and then I guess about me, well, I my whole background is kind of with working with children. So I was a teacher for a long time, and now I run a homeschool program, and, and I'm just very passionate about um conscious parenting and gentle parenting and that's kind of my thing yeah awesome and were your pregnancies planned yes yes all of them were very much planned and this last one was even more so I would say this was definitely a conscious conception yeah
0: cool and do you want to take us through your first two pregnancy and births
1: Mm, yeah so um my first was um three months after I'd actually lost a little baby. So it was very much wanted after we had um, experienced that loss. We were really, really ready for a baby to come in and, yeah, it it happened. And um, I actually am a trained doula. So I already had an idea of what I wanted for my birth and and how I wanted everything to be. Um, Not that you can fully choose, but, you know, Mm. I had my dream and my vision And, um, yeah, so I had a really beautiful pregnancy with him and uh, I had a plan of a home birth and and water birth at home uh, with a community midwifery program, so Mm. a public um, midwifery program. But, um, yeah, I I was really, really um, excited for the birth and – Unfortunately, I had a transfer. so okay. Yeah, he was – so my first was posterior and I hadn't – had chosen to not do the the swab for – oh, gosh, it's gone from my head now for – Strip B? Yes. And so I had that – I didn't – I chose not to have that testing done and I'd had a pretty much – you know, I had a really easy pregnancy and I kept it very um, free of – you know, most checks, I think I had two ultrasounds and things. So, yeah, I, and, and I chose not to do that. And because of that, the rule with the community whifery program was that um, after 18 hours of labour, you had to transfer. Okay. So, yeah, unfortunately, I had to transfer. So I didn't quite get the, the birth that I planned because um, I ended up in hospital and and um, having to kind of really fight for, my, for the birth that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But... In spite of that, it um, turned me into the mother that I am because it really pushed me in um, to the spiritual journey that that um, children, you know, lead us on and, and guide us. And, um, yeah, because I think really because of the birth, he was quite a tricky baby and that, um, that really pushed me to my absolute limits and I had to peel away a lot of layers that I had still held on to and possibly why the birth went the way it was because I had... All of these layers that needed to be, yeah, unpacked and mm-hmm. things that I needed to heal within myself, and he, obviously, came down to help me with that and and guide me and yeah. So because of that, I went on this lovely, beautiful journey of parenting consciously and and gently and and like reparenting myself, I guess, and healing wounds from my own childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that then I guess goes into my second pregnancy um, which again was was very um, very much planned and wanted and we wanted to have a reasonably close age gap between the two babes so they're exactly almost exactly two years apart they actually had the same due dates and um so my first came on his due date and my second was due on that day but decided that he wanted to be 10 days mm-hmm. past because he obviously wanted to have a birthday of his yeah. own and as far <laughs> away as he could try and make it as you know <laughs> so they could didn't have to share that yeah um but yeah and i had a lovely pregnancy with him and chose a different route this time um given that I learned a lot from going with the community midwifery program. And, you know, it is an amazing program. It's free for women who want midwifery-led care. But, however, it's obviously got certain guidelines that um, I didn't kind of gel with, you know, and I wanted to have more options that were going to mean that I could have the birth of my dream. Um, So I chose a private midwife this time and um, all that time and um, yeah, it was great. Like she was absolutely, you know, completely respected all of my decisions during that pregnancy and birth. And I had the most incredibly uh, euphoric water birth at home with him just four hours. It was absolutely incredible. You know, I couldn't have wished for anything else. And it was so healing for me given that, you know, the first time, wasn't what I had wanted. Um,
0: so, would you have considered your first birth traumatic?
1: Yeah, I would. Um, mostly just the way that I was treated once I arrived at the hospital. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So, were there fears that you had to unpack over that birth during your next pregnancy?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. And I still very much trusted birth. Um, But I had a lot of stories and this actually came up in my third birth as well. I had a lot of stories around posterior Mm -hmm. positions uh, being that my, yeah, he was posterior and then, you know, I kind of associated that and had this narrative that then that means that it's going to be hard and it's going to be traumatic and it's going to land me in hospital where I'm going to have to fight for everything that I want. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that that's not true, but it was a story that I've, you know, created in my mind. Um, so I had to really unpack that. And um, my second, he, he was anterior, so he was in that optimal position. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that that's the reason why I got the birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had all of that to unpack and I did a lot of um, – Uh, work with a kinesiologist Mm -hmm. just to see if there was anything kind of uh, subconsciously there still from the birth Um, because although I was feeling really like um, good about things and that you know I'd released a lot of fears uh, there's they can always be stuff underlying you know I think that things get stored in our body trauma gets stored in our body and it can you know and I didn't want it to show up in birth either I wanted to kind of um, release all of that before the birth so that then I could just try and enjoy that birth experience without having to work through fears or trauma during the actual yeah. time um, yeah but no that's a really good question because I know that that is something that a lot of women do experience having first or even second births that are a little bit traumatic and then how to work through them to mm. to overcome that for an for an next birth yeah. And how did
0: you feel after your home birth?
1: Oh, you know, I was on a high for years. I mean, I still am really thinking back to the birth. Like it's, it just, yeah, It, I guess it was the, the feeling of I can actually do this yeah. because, of course, with my first, I did get that um, – a little bit of lack of confidence in my abilities because it didn't quite turn out the way I wanted. So it was like, yes, I can do this. Like I'm this powerful woman that, that can birth a baby into the world, you know? Um, so yeah, I was on an absolute high and um, I'm just really grateful that I had the opportunity to, you know, experience that. And I learned so much and because of that it was only kind of after that second birth that then free birth just came into my radar you know suddenly it was just popping up in places all around me and i was hearing people talking about it and and listening to um stories from mums and yeah but um even with that it i still didn't think it was something that i would do you know i'm like oh these women are incredible like taking that radical responsibility for themselves and Mm Yeah, but I was like, Oh, but maybe I wouldn't do that. Um and even when I got pregnant with, with Mila, I still was like not not on board. But yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, so um her conception was very, very conscious. Like it had been coming a long time. Um even after my second I just felt like there was this girl that was wanting to come in and I was also really wanting this daughter you know and but i wanted to wait i didn't want to have a baby straight after having a baby even though i could feel her around me Mm -hmm. um so i was really aware of like trying to keep her there but saying you know now's not the time but we really want you and um i did a lot of work with yeah manifesting her and tuning into what it felt like for her to actually already be here and talking to her and communicating with her and this went on for um yeah, like I ran about two years, um, and we then decided okay, it was time to conceive. And we did actually go down the path of trying to sway things. I don't know if you know much about like yes, trying to find uh, yes. things for boys and girls. So we did that. So we, um, you know, tried to, so we, yeah, two days before I was ovulating and I'm very much in tune with my cycle so it made things quite easy to know, you know, I'm ovulating on this day, okay, let's try two days before and, you know, the theory that the girls, um, the X survive longer, the X chromosome survive longer. Um, So we did that but also we um, were really kind of intentional about asking her to come. So we did this beautiful visualisation of this like, big golden funnel above us and asking her to come down through it and spiral around and then kind of like spiral through my spine and and get implant herself in in my womb yeah. and that was it we were pregnant you know it was just this wow. first time of intention and and there she well we didn't know it was her but there this baby was and it was like wow like such a shock but so of course like yeah <laughs> how can that not happen when you're so intentional about things and you're asking for it and you know it had been felt like a long time coming because she'd been hanging around for so long so yeah it was it was amazing really to kind of experience that and um through the whole pregnancy I was trying to connect as well and see if it was her and I had um all these dreams of uh, myself giving birth and every time I would give birth it would be a girl and I got to see her face and look at her and wow. in one of the dreams she told me that her name was Mila. <gasps> and I woke up and I was like, okay, that's really interesting because that's not our name. And yeah, I don't I mean given that we have two boys, you'd imagine that each time we always had a girl name as well. Yeah. Uh so yeah, each time we we didn't we've never known, we've never found out the sex while being pregnant and So we've always had these two names, a boy name and a girl name, and this girl name has stayed with us from the start that we were going to choose. So I told my husband when I woke up from this dream, I was like, really interesting because i just dreamt of this baby girl again, but the name that we want isn't her name. And he was like, okay, well, what is it? And I said, "Uh, Mila, like not even that had been on our list or anything, you know, we'd never even spoke or heard of this name really. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, oh i really like that name and i said yes so do i um yeah okay so we kind of sat with that for a little bit and we're like well maybe that's her name like if it's her maybe that's her name and she's just letting us know that that's her and that's what we have amazing yeah so we kind of we still hadn't fully decided like we were going back and forth um like throughout the pregnancy but we towards the end we were like we're just gonna have to like surrender to the fact that that is her name and then of course we both loved it anyway so mm. it was you know it's not like it was the name that we were like oh we don't like that yeah. <laughs> um yeah so how was your pregnancy with her oh yeah it was great you know it was actually quite a nice pregnancy um I enjoyed most of it even even with running around after two two boys yeah. um and I felt like I just – my whole body just did so well with it and even right towards the end So, because she came at 41 plus 1 and I could have still kept going really. Like I felt good enough to – continue to be pregnant which is the first time I felt that actually in all my pregnancies um not that the other pregnancies have been hard but you know towards the end I've always been like oh I'm done when's this baby coming (laughs) yeah um but no with her I was like yeah this is really nice like I'm just enjoying it and and I'm not feeling impatient for her to for her to arrive but you know she did she came at that time Yeah. yeah so um yeah, it was forty one plus one. I went to the Cairo in the morning and he was like, Yep, you're you're all good. Like if you were to go into labor now, it'd be perfect because you're just you know, everything's going well. And so going back to the posterior thing, so she had been posterior since thirty-three weeks and not wanted to budge. And like I said, I've been, yeah, going to the Cairo and he was like, Well look, there's there's nothing stopping her. Like your body's not, you know, tight or in any way preventing her from moving she's just happy there or it's the safest place for her there. And I was like, okay, but I had to work through a lot with that, you know, given that I'd had these two previous births, um, one posterior, one not, and and obviously very different. Mm-hmm. So I had to work through all those stories of what that meant. Um, and I think that was probably my biggest lesson during that pregnancy to really let go of that and surrender to it. Yeah. Um, and especially um, with the fact that I was, Free birthing and having a wild pregnancy. So, yeah, I guess I haven't mentioned that with the wild pregnancy, I uh, then chose to not have any scans or any prenatal care or um, any blood tests or anything. You know, I was just spent the whole time tuning in to my body and trusting um, the signs that it was giving me. Um, And one thing is that I would never have um, avoided any kind of checks or care if I felt it was necessary Mm -hmm. but instead I was just going with well I'll only do that if something comes up you know like if I'm having signs that something may be wrong and I think a great example of this is that there was a time in my pregnancy where I was waking up and feeling quite faint and I was like okay well this could be a time where maybe I need to seek some care from somebody else like perhaps Like I was thinking, okay, maybe my iron, I might need to get my blood tested to check if my iron's okay. Perhaps I need to get my blood pressure taken or maybe it's just my blood sugar in the morning from Mm. waking up and feeling a bit hungry and, yeah, needing that to be more in alignment. So, yeah, I just listened to those cues because I feel like your body is giving you cues and signs all the time of what's going on for it and it's just our job to really listen. And we're so busy sometimes that we don't do that or, either that or we give that power away to somebody else and Mm -hmm. put it in their hands instead of you know taking that radical responsibility ourselves. um so yeah like you know with that I was like well I'm gonna just try for the next few days just eating as as I wake up like immediately and there we go you know I was not feeling faint anymore so it was just really trusting in that and it felt really powerful to be able to take that responsibility and be like yeah like who knows my body better than me you know like I don't need to go and see somebody right now because I'm listening and I'm trusting
0: and at what point did you make that decision to free birth because you said in the beginning, you weren't 100% sure that was an option. Yeah,
1: yeah. so it was – so I had actually hired my same lovely midwife that I'd had with um, with Ziggy okay. um, because, yeah, it wasn't ready, even though it was like she had been trying to tell me that this was how she wanted to come for, for like two years when all the signs were coming up for me. I was still wasn't really listening to it and had that fear and I think that was like probably – I mean, probably just fears maybe of birth still, like, I don't know, like maybe Mm. conscious fears of birth that was not, I wasn't fully trusting in birth and in myself. Um, So, yeah, I hired my same midwife and even though it was still in the back of my head, but um, I were just having, we were just catching up really, because we're good friends from having that beautiful relationship from my previous birth. And every time she'd come, I was like, you know, like, I love this, like her and I were just chatting and stuff, but we're not, she's not doing anything, you know, like I'm not asking her to listen to the heartbeat or I'm not asking her to refer me for scans. Cause I'm, I don't want that this time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm feeling all of that now, then what about the free birth? Like maybe I actually am ready. And then, yeah, eventually I kind of unpacked all of what was going on and any fears that were there. And I decided, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. Like I trust that that I can do this. So it was around about 20 weeks where I let her know that um, I was going to free birth. And she was amazing. You know, I was quite nervous about telling her because we do have such a lovely relationship and I did not want to offend her at all because, you know, it's not. it was nothing to do with her. Yeah. You know, she was amazing in my experience that I had my second birth with her was incredible and I wouldn't change anything about it but I just wanted this different experience for myself where I took that responsibility and did that internal work instead of looking to the external Hmm. um yeah so I did that but then it's probably also a good thing to note that my husband wasn't fully on board oh okay um so he wasn't quite sure about the whole free birth thing he was just a little bit yeah nervous and wondering like why would I even want to do that and I guess I kind of explained to him as to how much I trusted birth and I trusted my body and I kind of even went through you know like thinking about going back to our other births like do you think that we needed another person there? Like what did they do that made you feel better? Mm. And, you know, it was kind of unpacking his fears then, I guess, which came down to things like, well, having someone there in case the baby comes out and they don't breathe and those kind of things. And we just then had to go through that together and knowledge is power, you know. So we got knowledgeable on those things. I did the um, complete guide to free birth course, um, by by free birth society, which was awesome. which was really incredible and and helped me learn about all those emergency situations, but also more just taught me to really trust it and that when you're having a physiological birth without any um, interruptions or disturbances and when nobody's kind of yeah coming in and and poking you or prodding you that it just works you know birth just works and it and it is inherently safe mm-hmm. to do it. Um, And I think it's really hard, like, for uh, men and males or partners, husbands, whoever, because they're not the one carrying this little being and they don't have that connection like we as the mothers do. Um, And it's hard to explain to them too what that feels like and that knowing within us. Yeah, yeah, so we had to go through all of that. But then we got there and, and it was a really big test in our relationship, that's for sure um uh but it was good you know I feel like it was a good thing for us to have to go through that he's always agreed with all these um different kind of <laughs> ideas and and paths that I've taken you know whether it's always or whether it's been home birth he was like yes or whether it's been a different kind of medical route he's been like yes yeah uh homeschooling yes you know he's just always been on board and this was the time he was like oh, I'm not sure about that so yeah, you no know, it was good it was the right it was a really good learning um curve for both of us and and for our relationship and bring us together yeah. and you know I'll get there but five minutes after I had her he literally said I want to do that again oh, it was incredible how beautiful yeah and now he trusts birth more than anything and he's just like why don't women just like have babies and then just you know have the baby at home like get pregnant <laughs> the baby like I don't understand like it's just so simple I'm like yeah it's so simple but yet so magical
0: yeah I love that (laughs) do you want to take us to that first sign of labor with her
1: so it's 41 plus one and uh, like I said I've been to the Cairo, and then I came home and the boys went to my mum's house in the afternoon and yeah my husband and I were like oh let's just it was on a Monday but and he was supposed to be working he works from home and he was like oh maybe we should just take this afternoon just to relax and be together and I'm like yeah that's a good idea because we may not have that for a little while uh, so we were sitting on the couch and I was laying down and uh suddenly felt like a really big sensation in my cervix and it was the popping sensha- sensation and uh, and I knew it. I knew it from uh, my first birth because that's how it began with the with the gush of waters, like movie style gush as well, not just the trickle. That oh, yeah, wow. like, <laughs> I know. Like I had that dramatic experience oh, that no. uh, most people don't have, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I had it again. So I felt the pop and then stood up and out. It all came flowing, flowing, flowing. And I looked down and it was stained with meconium. <sighs> Oh, no. So he, yeah, it was like, oh, and my husband's like, what's wrong? And I said, there's meconium. And he's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it can mean a lot of things.
0: Is that something that was covered in your free birth course?
1: It is, but it's, I had covered it, but I had not gone into it deeply because in my head I was just like, that's not going to happen. Like neither of my other babies have had meconium, you know, it just, it, wasn't really in my radar um as much as I just briefly gone over it there was the whole module on it but I just was like yep yeah, okay just listening kind of briefly
0: yeah
1: um so I ran to the toilet because I still had amniotic fluid leaking out of me and sitting there like okay what do I do what do I do what do I do and I was trying to go over everything that yeah I had I had learned in the course and just I was very much in that logical like head state instead of in my body like um, and I felt like, yeah, I just I was making this huge decision and it was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So, yeah, we went through like the logical sense like what would happen if we went in and what would happen if we stayed home and basically it came down to the fact that, okay, well, if, like the chances of her um, aspirating are very, very low. And that's what they worry about um, in the hospital setting or even with a midwife present, they would be worried about aspiration. Um, But the chances are super, super, duper low. And also the fact that when it came out, it was really, obviously, watery because it was in the amniotic fluid, but it was really um, yellowy, greedy, light brown coloured. So it wasn't that thick, Brown meconium that tends to, you know, come towards the end, and it was like she had maybe, you know, done it before the waters broke. You know, it it was, and I don't know if you know, but it's quite common for that to happen with babies who are post dates because their systems kind of uh, matured enough to do that first poo. Okay. Um. So I had that in my head. I was like, okay, well, I feel like this is just because she's post dates and her system's mature enough she's possibly even done this a few days ago who knows like who knows when she actually did this she could have been sitting in it for a long time we, we don't actually know mm. um and yeah then we went through well what would happen if we decided to transfer to hospital and that was okay well they are going to want to monitor me because they'll want to monitor her heart rate right, to make sure that she is you know not distressed um they're going to want the birth to be really quick to get her out as quick as possible which is going to mean that i'm on a time limit that i'm given uh pressure i'm pressured into possible interventions whether that be syntocin or um you know maybe even pressured into having a c-section to get her out Mm -hmm. and then once she does arrive they're going to want to immediately cut the cord um to separate her from me to suction her and you know potentially give her oxygen who knows so all of that was the complete opposite obviously of what I wanted having wanting to have a free birth and then yeah then on the other side of things there's this very very small chance of aspiration and it was like well what what do we do like what what is the best choice and as I said I was so in my head and I was like okay, just give me a minute. I just need to sit and think about this and go more into my body and tune in and listen. Yeah. Um,
0: Were you feeling any fear or panic in this moment?
1: I didn't feel fear so much. Like I just felt like it was more just responsible, you yeah. know, and, and that's like responsible for her. Um, And that was felt huge. And obviously, a big lesson, because that's what free birth is about taking that responsibility and not having someone else to rely on. Mm. Um, And that felt really big, you know. Um, Yeah, it was probably the biggest moment of responsibility I felt during the whole pregnancy and birth. Um so yeah I sat with it and as I sat and closed my eyes and just tuned in she just started moving and it just felt so normal like how she had been moving in pregnancy and what I'd been feeling each evening and and the hiccups that were occurring pretty much every evening and I was like suddenly just went she's fine mm. she is absolutely fine this is a variation of normal And we can do this. This is our first lesson. And if anything happens that changes things, then we'll go to hospital. But right now I'm feeling good. And that was the kind of mindset that I had, you know, the whole pregnancy that if anything were to happen, of course, that's when you seek um, medical attention. But until then then yeah, it's, it's all good. So yeah. And then contractions or surges, they started straight away, which was another really promising thing. I'm like, that's great because it means things are happening. She's on her way. We didn't know it was, it was she, but you know, this baby's on their way and you know, it's not like my waters are going to be broken for a few days before things start or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just going really well. Like I was having like really regular kind of sensations coming along. It was just, a really nice early labor once we'd had that one hour of panic Um, and it was like it was panic and my husband did say to me like I trust whatever you decide which felt really good as well for him to be able to trust my decision and he did tell me afterwards that if it had been up to him, he'd have probably chosen to go in to hospital. But I'm glad that he trusted me and he's also glad now because it obviously was all fine. Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, so it was all moving along beautifully. My boys came home like maybe an hour after that around dinner time and we let them know that they were going to be a big brother very soon Mm -hmm. and they were so excited. Um, So my... My eldest had attended my second uh, my second son's birth. Oh, no. So we asked them both if they wanted to be there, knowing that uh, it was likely going to happen during the night, given the time it was, the time of day. And it was almost time for them to go to bed. And my eldest said no but wake me up when you do the cake so we baked a cake to do happy birthday and he was like "Yep, I'm just for the cake I'm here for the cake I'm not here for the for the birth and all that stuff where my youngest son was like yes I want to be there he's like he had seen his own birth video and how there was you know a midwife there with gloves on so he was like I want to get in the pool with gloves on (laughs) so he yeah he was ready for that and I was like okay well we can wake you up then when it's when it's almost time yeah uh so yeah they had their dinner and they went to bed and I knew that as soon as they would go to bed that it would ramp up you know as night time came and I was just able to be more present with things rather than talking to them and, and being a mom you know Yeah, for sure. so yeah and it did it started amping up a little bit and also it's I should note that I had um, asked a friend to come and be present for me as well um, who had also free birthed her own baby about seven months prior oh, no. and so she, I let her know that things were going and I really wanted to have that female energy there because um, I feel like that's so important. You know, I love my husband there and he's he's so wonderful but that feminine energy brings a different kind of vibe and mm. something that I think that birthing women sometimes do need absolutely yeah. um yeah so I'd let her know that things were happening and that she could kind of come around whenever she wanted because she was bringing her seven month old too oh, okay. in case she needed to get him off to sleep or something so yeah she was on her way and everything was just like it was just beautiful um I just felt so at ease and like it just felt like the most normal thing in the world to just be there birthing my baby, yeah. um, and I had hired a tens machine three days before my due date <laughs> because she was still in that posterior position, and I remember that the tens machine really helped with that back labor um, in the in the first birth. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get that just in case, and have it as you know, like a tool in my toolbox. Mm-hmm um so I got in that three days before my due date because yeah she hadn't budged and as things kind of amped up a little bit I put that on and it was it was great like it just really helped disperse the sensations in my back Mm -hmm. um yeah which which are strong like if any, anyone who's had a posterior birth, they'll probably understand what I mean with that pressure in the back and in the bum. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Um, but the the TENS machine just helps kind of, yeah, like I said, just disperse it a little bit so it doesn't feel as yeah, um, in one spot in the back. Yeah, okay. And I
0: know you said you had fears around another posterior labour. What were some of the things that you mm. did to work through those fears?
1: Yeah, so I did work through that. So I was basically just doing um, meditations and affirmations and going into what the fear was and then trying to, like, fill that um, like find out what the fear was and what the need was behind that fear so well my need was to feel safe and okay. for things to be easy and i had to then you know kind of give that to myself like allow myself to feel safe and feel um you know at ease yeah. and it was like filling that fear with the need that it that it was asking for you know i don't know if that makes sense at all yeah of course um so yeah that's what I was doing for the fear and just releasing. I did a lot of fear release meditations and, yeah, listening to the affirmations. And and I think it was just really surrendering and letting go to, okay, well, this is it and this is my birth and this is the way that it's going to be and just remembering that it doesn't last forever, birth, you know, like even if it is that little bit harder in that position, even if I do have more back pain, Um, even if it's longer because, you know, she can't quite get into that spot to, you know, make it all, make it all work. Mm -hmm. It, it just is, it just, it, that it's just birth and it's going to, she's going to come out no matter what, you know, and I've just got to get through that, um, one day or however long it goes for in my life. Um, and Yeah, so by that point I just really wasn't – I wasn't fearful of it and I wasn't scared of of how it was going to go. I just knew that she was going to be born and that was it. And this birth was the most present I've ever been. Like I felt felt it all but I was really just – felt it all in – a very peaceful way and in a very powerful way like i just remember at one point literally even saying in my head as it was like the kind of sensation was just moving through me like oh this is so powerful like i am so powerful right now like i'm this powerful birthing woman and it's mm. and it's all within me and and I really did feel that, like it, it wasn't me trying to say it to convince myself, like yeah. I was having these thoughts because I knew it was true and it was like this knowing within me that, yes, like this is my, this is what I'm born to do as a woman, to to birth a baby. Yeah, wow. um, yeah so it, I just felt so safe and just this, yeah, like I keep saying, like this knowing that it was so normal and natural and I had my husband kind of, and and my friend going back and forth between filling up the pool and doing like pressure on my back and a hip squeeze and just trying to help me with that um, sensation that was in my back. But, um, you know, it just still felt all really calm and really, I don't wanna say easy because of course it's not easy, but it did. It just felt very straightforward and it flowed. Mm. Um, And there was a point then when I was on the bed and, and this is where I felt like I was in transition And I was like, okay, I really need a rest. Like, I know that I've got to keep going, but I just want a break. Like, someone just give me a break. Um, And I could hear myself saying all of this and I'm like, this means I'm in transition. Um, And at this point, my two-and-a-half-year-old just woke up. He woke up on his own and he came out and he sat on the mattress with me. And I was making this noise that I've just never, ever made before, like this – note this high-pitched note and I was singing it through each sensation and it just felt incredible to to kind of get it out of my body and it was like this power and as soon as I'd have to stop and take a breath Mm. the sensation would feel intense but then if I was you know belting it out the sensation would lessen and I have no idea where it came from I just did it Mm. um and I've never done it before in any of my births. I don't know if it was just more because I was so so much more present and in tune and and listening to myself instead of looking to everyone else, yeah. you know, asking them if I'm doing the right thing and looking around the room. Um, there was only me. I had only had me to to know if it was right. So, yeah, so then my, my son was watching me do this and he was looking very curious like, what is mummy doing? <laughs> like um, but between each... Of the sensations you know you obviously get a break and and I could say hey baby you know like mommy's almost gonna have a baby and I'm making all these noises and doesn't it sound so funny and I could make him feel safe and he was amazing you know like he didn't even flinch through the whole thing he just was like yeah this is normal and we'd already spoken about how I was you know gonna roar or scream and do all these things and he was very much aware and, and we'd been role-playing it before, including he was role-playing it, you know, screaming with the baby coming oh, out.
0: That's a good so idea. I
1: think he was had the expectation, you know, yeah, that it would happen. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I then started to feel like this first pressure down in my vagina and I was like, okay, I'm going to get in the pool. And I jumped in the pool and, Like that was it. I was stretching and I was opening and this baby was was coming out and and those sensations in my back, they just moved straight down now to, yeah, that real stretchy sensation of head coming Um, and, Even my husband didn't realize what was going on because at one point I was, you know, my body had fully taken over and I was in no way assisting. Like I couldn't have done anything about it. It was just happening. That bearing down was happening without me. And I was holding on to his hands at one point and squeezing him as my body was kind of bearing down. And in his head, he thought I was still going through contractions and he was trying to soften my hand like a hypnobirthing technique, like relax, relax. And I was like, babe this baby's coming out. And he was like, what, what? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? And he just got up and walked around to the other side of the pool so he could kind of see in between my legs. And he was like, oh, like there's a head there. It's The baby's crowning it. Like, you know, the the head was kind of part way out just a little bit uh, poking out and he was like oh okay like it was happening so quick I think from getting in the pool baby was there like 12 minutes later on the video I think it was like yeah so it was yeah really quick um and yeah my my son was kind of peering over the pool as well like the baby's coming and I'm like yeah and he was beautiful like moving my hair off my face when it would get, get in my face and he was like really excited um So, yeah, like I was stretching and her head came out and then I moved back onto the seat in the pool and this is the most, like I said, most present I've been in all my births and I felt the rotation of her turning and moving to get her shoulders out and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever felt. Like all I could think in that moment was, how wise are you like these babies they just know exactly how to wriggle and how to move and how to get their their way and it's amazing like you know how do they know how to do that and yeah even my husband said the same thing because he actually hadn't seen it like that before um just I mean even with like my second he was behind me and holding onto my arms like in a supported squat. So he didn't get to witness that rotation and he was, you know, fully in front and his face was just like, whoa, like this is incredible. Um, And, yeah, so she twisted and rotated herself around and um, out she came like to her belly button. And, oh, so she had changed position during the labour. Oh. So I noticed that when her head came out that she wasn't looking at me. So I knew she wasn't sunny mm-hmm. side up, posterior. She had at some point rotated during the labour and I have no idea when. Amazing. Um, yeah, so... Love
0: little things they
1: are. Exactly. Yeah, they know. That's it. And that's why we just have to trust it, right? Because they just know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah so then she kind of came out to her belly button and I'd totally forgotten about the whole meconium thing at this point. Like it hadn't even crossed my mind. Um. And she just like opened up her mouth in the water and I was like, had this instinct then to like lift her up even though she was still partway inside me. So I just kind of lifted her up and I was like, oh, and I said to my husband like, oh, she just opened her mouth and then the rest of her came out and I lifted her fully up onto my chest and within a couple of seconds she did this big cry and her breath and she was, like, her tone was incredible, her colour was incredible and I was, like, she is fine, like, mm. she is absolutely fine and we did it, like, we we just did it, we just had a baby and it was so simple yet so magical mm. Um and, yeah, here she is. Um, and she's completely safe. Yeah, yeah, she was absolutely fine. I'm, like, okay, I was right to trust yeah. in in just staying here and and just doing it this way. Um, And she, you know, she's been fine since, so there's been no sign of aspiration. And I did um, actually end up having my midwife from my second birth come round, you know, like a few days after birth um, just for a visit. And I was like, you don't think that there's any? And she's like, no, she's fine. Like there's no kind of, you know, you would have known by now if there was an issue with that. Mm Um, so that was, you know, reassuring because, you know, it's, of course like I felt that trust in it, but I, it's, it's, when you're responsible for another little being, it's so hard, right? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And what about your placenta? Mm,
1: so um, once she was out, my two-and-a-half-year-old jumped in the pool with us and I'd sent my husband to go and wake up um, my four-and-a-half-year-old Cause we were gonna have the cake um and then we got out of the pool so we all got out together and, and I had a really short cord which was different to my first two so I and it just felt really uncomfortable trying to hold her and and move around and things and I was like I really feel like I need this placenta to come out like I was ready like quite soon after you know, I was like this needs to come out I just felt it um so I just tried to give a little push and I couldn't really feel much happening. Like I was having still like sensations and things, but I had ordered a um, placenta release tincture from Blissful Herbs. Yeah. And so my friend who was with me said, do you want to just have a little bit of that? Because she used it in her own birth as well. And I said, yeah, okay, we'll just do that. So I had um, a little sip of that. And then, you know, a few minutes later I did a little push and the placenta came out
0: Amazing. Um,
1: really easily, just, yeah on the mattress next to us and we um did a cord burning ritual nice. uh, so all of us together my two boys had their own special candle that um we'd created together like we'd, we'd made the candles and my husband had one and uh, my friend and they just held the candle up to the cord and and we burnt it and it was such a nice slow release and it was really nice for me to just lie there with with my baby on me and, and see this separation happening really gently and really slowly and honor that you know honor mm. that separation of us not being connected physically anymore uh, obviously still energetically but physically we were being separated um mm. And, yeah, it was nice for the boys to be part of that as well.
0: So special. And did you do anything
1: special with your placenta? I have had all three of them encapsulated. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so still taking those now. Um, Yeah, and then we did a happy birthday song with the cake that my four-and-a-half-year-old was so desperate for. (laughs) The only thing I got
0: (laughs) for. Oh, bless him. So what would you say has been your biggest lesson throughout your journey
1: Mm, so from that journey my biggest lesson was trust like that was just the word that was coming up for me the whole time trust 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 and that's really then um transferred into now my mothering because I'm now trusting myself even more than ever Mm. um as a mum of three but even just being a mum to a newborn again because you know even when we've already done it it's we forget and it's still it's still different each time we have a new baby um so yeah just I feel so much more trust in my abilities as a mother as well and um yeah in in just in her as well as a little a little human being and how amazing she is and trusting in in her abilities which is so different to, I guess, what we're told in our society and culture that they need all of these extra things and all this help, and that we as mothers need all this help um, to know what to do. But we already know it, you know. We already have that knowledge within us, and it's just remembering and trusting in it. Yeah, so true.
0: What key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mums out there?
1: Yeah, key piece of advice. Um, I think. My biggest bit of advice is, yeah, to to trust yourself and to get yourself informed on what a physiological birth actually looks like. And no matter what you want from your birth or no matter where you choose to birth, if you know that, then you know that your body is completely capable of doing it if it's undisturbed and um, not rushed and not pushed into something. So, you know, I think if you're choosing to have a midwife present or if you're choosing to go to a hospital, just, um, yeah, getting to know what your care provider knows about that too. Yeah. Because um, that's so important, you know, like have they attended a birth like that? Have they attended a birth where a woman is totally in her power and, and gives birth? basically unassisted you know with a practitioner standing by you know because if they've never seen it before then it's probably not going to happen for you um yeah so I guess that and, and then also just working on yourself during pregnancy I think is so important and um going into what needs to be healed before your birth whether that's fears or things from your own childhood or um you know, stories that you, you've told yourself or that have, have come from society and, yeah, working on those to, to really kind of heal them and let go of them before the birth because I just, I kind of believe that whatever you don't heal before just shows up in your birth yeah. and, and I'd much rather get it um you know, all released and and out of my body before birth.
0: Yeah, so important. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on today and sharing your incredible journey with us. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Mm, I've loved it. I love sharing birth stories. It's so important. So thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing. That brings us to the end of the show, guys, listening to how Emily handled the
0: unexpected curveball of meconium in her waters. The fact that she was able to stay calm and level-headed during those moments, then sit in a safe space with herself and her baby to make an informed decision on what to do next, I found that so inspiring and a testament to the variations of normal that birth can unfold in. Some really great information throughout today's episode for you guys to take into your own birth space, wherever that may be. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia